It was purely passion based. I mean, I think as a young kid, you just want to look good at spring break. You know what I mean? And and I was working out in the gym. I was training for my black belt, and someone came up to me and Sam was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm Carly Zakin. I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to Skim from the Couch." This podcast is where we go deep on career advice from women who have lived it. From the good stuff like hiring and growing a team to the rough stuff like negotiating your salary and giving or getting hard feedback. We started the skim from a couch, so what better place to talk it all out than where it began on a couch? So please welcome Jillian Michaels to the couch. You probably know Jillian from her role as a trainer on the hit NBC show, The Biggest Loser, or from her fitness DVDs, but you might not know that she also built a wellness empire, including an exercise streaming platform and her award-winning fitness app, My Fitness by Jillian Michaels. Across her platform, she's built an international community of more than 100 million followers. Wow. And if that wasn't enough, she's also a best-selling author and just put out a new book, The Six Keys Unlock Your Genetic Potential for Ageless Strength, Health, and Beauty. I like it. Oh, thanks, guys. Congratulations, Jillian, and welcome to the couch. Thanks so much. We are very excited to have you here. I'm a little intimidated. I feel like I need oh. to be like very fit. Stop it. You look great. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start with having you skim your resume for us. Oh, God. All right. Um, all right. I became a trainer at 17, uh, not because I'm a genius, but I graduated high school early because of a weird birth date. Um, By the time I made a few career mistakes, uh, ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me, ended up getting a desk job from 24 to 27, miserable, hated it, went back to training at 27, but the desk job, the individuals I worked with there were in the entertainment industry. Um, so help me get Biggest Loser, which happened at 30. But by 29, I opened my own sports medicine facility. Uh, so had that open for like a year and a half and ended up selling it because uh, I ended up on, on The Biggest Loser. Um, and then from Biggest Loser was able um, to build a brand off of that platform. Um, It's books, apps, DVDs, streaming platforms, um, and and a host of other stuff. And then from there, I became a businesswoman. I really got a very different kind of education. And I strategically invest in other wellness brands. So it could be a spin gym like Flywheel. It could be a supermarket like Thrive Market that's offering better for you products at cost. I love Thrive. Yeah, they're they're a great company. And it could be So Delicious Coconut Milk. It could be Alkaline Water like Aqua Hydrate. Um, Recently, we purchased a cold brew coffee company uh, that's nitro and organic called Lucky Jack. So now I kind of have become an investor of sorts. Uh, So yeah, in a nutshell. I skim it. So there, that's that a good skim. Right. There's a lot there. First, what inspired you to get into fitness? I was a fat kid. I mean, I, I, it's just that simple. Like I was, a, I was a fat kid. My parents were going through a divorce when I was like 12. I was like angry, lost, confused, gay. Didn't know I was gay, which I know sounds odd, but you know, like something's not quite right. But you don't know what it is. Um, and I'm of that generation where. You know, it wasn't in every music video. Like, it was not cool at all. Um, And I just, it was very, I was a very lost little soul. And my mom got me into martial arts when I was 12 and a half. And that's when I began to appreciate over time 
how when you feel strong physically, it transcends into other facets of your life. So my journey with diet, exercise, fitness, nutrition has is a personal one. Like I, I do what I do for me. I write about what I'm interested in reading. I create what I would be interested in purchasing or utilizing. And if people pick up what I'm laying down, then good for them. But the the mistake is that I care. I don't. And when people come up to me and they're like, oh, you know, you saved my life. I'm like, I don't even know your name. <laughs> I didn't say, like, I, you know, like, I love hearing it. Thanks yeah. for the compliment. I'm happy to own your achievement. But, you know, I, like, I'm a businesswoman. Do you I, think that that detachment is what makes you so good at what you do? I think it gives me authenticity because I don't care what people think about me. Is it really nice and could it feed your ego to have someone be like, oh, you know, you whatever. Sure. But at the end of the day, like, I do what I do for me. And I I do it because I love it and I care. And then I'm fortunate enough to make money turning around and going, let me disseminate this information for you. And I think the reason that my brand has had such longevity is because I deliver on my promise. If I tell you it's a 30-day shred, it's a 30-day shred. Yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't mean you, you'll be able to do nothing and get the 30-day shred. But that's where I think that I've had authenticity. And at the same time, when people hate you or they don't like you or they try to antagonize you, I don't care about that either. So it gives you that real kind of ability to just be authentically yourself. What's one thing we can't find out about you from going over your resume? Personally, I, I would say that I, I think I am – hate to admit this. It's so gross to me. And that's the, like the ultimate weakness, right, is that I, I'm a pretty sensitive person, which is where that like necessity of like kind of detaching a little bit comes from. Um, and in my relationships – with family and with friends, it's a safe place to be a little bit needy and a little bit codependent. Uh, and I do think you get into the business I'm in because you are codependent. And that's where it's like, at the end of the day, I have to get to a place where your life is your choice. It's not about me saving you. I don't have the savior complex. But personally, yeah, I'm pretty, I can be codependent. It's something I work on, but I can be very codependent for reasons involving my upbringing, which would be overwhelmingly boring and irrelevant. Um, on a professional level, um, I'd say I've become pretty sharp. Uh, and it's like, I'm ashamed to say it, but it's true. And I think you don't have a choice. You're kind of forged in fire when it comes to business. Things I never had hoped to get good at, you have to become good at. Um, and I find that business is like, it's like the art of war 2019. And I, you know, my, I, I liken my business partner to like Rob Stark. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Yes. And I'm like, gee, because he's the consummate diplomat. And, you know, after I walked out of a few red weddings, barely standing, I was like, you have to understand, like, compared to these huge corporations you're getting us in business with, we're the third world. And so now I've become like really, and so is he, like really savvy and really sharp and very meticulous with our deals. So we're going to switch gears. We are towards the end of January, crazy enough, and people might be falling off their New Year's resolutions. Yeah. We might be some of those people. And whether <laughs> that's at work or in their personal lives, you are the queen of motivation, right. um, motivating others and clearly you've motivated yourself. At the very beginning of your journey, you said that you were an overweight kid, yeah. 17, you transitioned into fitness. What what goals did you set for yourself? Like, what was that beginning? Uh, it was purely passion-based. I mean, I think as a young kid, you just want to look good at spring break. You know what I mean? And and I was working out in the gym. I was training for my black belt, and someone came up to me and— Same. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but I was, you know, that is what I, what kind of I got into at 12. So, uh, 
And people would ask me, like, how much I charged. And I remember thinking, like, well, for what? <laughs> uh, and it, they thought I was a personal trainer. So I, I was totally broke. And I was like, how much money can I make doing this? I fell into it. And I took a lot of it for granted. Um, I can tell you now, when things don't come as easy, that it does require a lot of concentrated effort and discipline to stick with something, whether it's five minutes a day of meditation or taking more crap off of my plate. Um, you know, the diet and the fitness stuff, it's, I don't need, like, I've got it. There's other issues that I need to work on. And I think we need to appreciate, first off, 50% of the crap that happens in our life, we can't do anything about, right? Oh, your house burned down in the Malibu fires. Oh, this happened, that happened, whatever. All you can do is control how you react to that. We know that cliche, and it's true, right? Can you find a meaning? Can you bring a purpose? Can you learn a lesson? Can you allow it to make you wiser, smarter, stronger, or more resilient and more empathetic? Yes, it requires a little work, but it's worth it, and it's how you transcend bad shit that happens that's out of your control. The other 50% is the guy that's just not that into you, sabotaging yourself professionally because you're afraid it threatens your siblings. Who knows what it might be, but that stuff you're creating. And you might know you need to change it, but it's hard to do. And there's a reason we engage in self-destructive behaviors. It isn't because we're weak. It isn't because we're stupid. It isn't because we're lazy. It's often because it's providing you with something. Just like being overweight, just like dating the person that's not that into you, there's a reason you're doing it. And even if you can't get to the bottom of it, I promise you that's why it's very hard to let go of because at one point or another, that dysfunctional habit was your psychological survival. And letting go of it requires you to really dig deep and establish a purpose and a why. So work that has purpose becomes passion. Work that doesn't can feel punishing and life can feel punishing. It can be a grind. We all know this. It's stressful. So is it that you want to wear a two-piece instead of a one-piece? Is it that you want to be an active part of your kids' lives instead of sitting on the sidelines? Is it that you want to meet your kids' kids? Is it that you want to feel more comfortable in bed with your significant other? Like, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter if it's superficial in your opinion or significant and purposeful and deep, as long as it matters to you. Identify it in detail so that it's quantifiable. Form an emotional connection to it and let that purpose carry you through 20 minutes of a workout in your living room that day instead of just like vegging out and zoning and having the glass of wine and the takeout, watching your favorite show on the couch. Like you can do that later. There's room for all that. But Remind yourself that that 20 minutes is going to afford you things you really care about deeply down the road. And that will help you stay on track. Perspective. What do you do when you can't get motivated? Because what you just said, I'm like, <sighs> amen, that sounds great. I've diagnosed all my problems. But like, yeah. do you wake up every day with that in your head? I try to remind myself. Like, like honestly, we've been grinding so hard for like a month now on this book tour. And I can usually go and go and go. And I officially am like, I am tired and this has taken its toll on me and I haven't been to the gym because it's like, go, 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 kids, go, kids, go, kids, kids, kids. Like I have my eight-year-old in your green room right now because oh it's God. the only Aww. way I can see my kids. But like it, I have to constantly remind myself like, hey, you know, this is a finite period of time and you're, you're grinding this hard for this reason and the payoff is going to be that. And then you give up this notion of perfection. So like she's been on her iPad all morning and had like nothing but pastries all day. And it's a massive parenting fail. But 
it's it's like giving up this concept of being perfect and appreciating that it's about progress and trying to fit it all in and doing the best that you can and caring about that outcome helps. It not to say you won't be ground down, you'll get it all right. You won't. Like I will not get to the gym today. I didn't get to the gym all week. It's not going to happen. Not happening. But I mitigate it with eating better and I balance it where I can. When you think about your journey from I'm picturing 17-year-old you to all the things that have happened in between. When was there a time in that journey where you were like, I I don't know where I'm going? Oh, Jesus. Such a (laughs) – 17 and in particular 27. What happened at 27? Um, So at 24, I'd been training, right, 17 years old to 24, and I had always taken it for granted. And I was bartending at night, and I was making hand-over-fist cash, and I had no kids. And, like, like the world is your oyster, right? You're unencumbered. You're responsible for no one. Your parents, you're not taking care of them yet. You're not taking care of young kids yet. You don't have a company that you're trying to run and employees you're supporting. And I just, like, took all of it for granted, And then at 24, I started dating somebody who was a little bit older, had an Ivy League education, and the shoulds of life started infiltrating my world. Like, you should have a real job. You should be doing X, Y, and Z. You you can't make a living as a fitness trainer. And it got in my head. So I started working in the entertainment business because I lived in Los Angeles. Like, what else was I going to do? And I don't think I've ever made less money and been less happy slash more miserable in my entire life. And to make a very long story short, after three years of like grinding in this thankless, shitty job, I get fired at 27 because I got caught in this political mess between these two super powerful agents about a packaging fee over the gangs of New York. I swear to God, there was a movie with like, right? I kid you not. And like, anyway... I get fired and now I'm blackballed in the business because the one agent had done something super shady. I had been his assistant. I knew what he did. The guy renegotiated his contract. I got fired, blackballed, never to work again. And I'm 27 and I thought like, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is my career. Oh my God. Like I'm like can barely like scraping up change out of the couch to like pay for food. I have, I've wasted three years of my life. What the hell am I going to do? And it was a really challenging period. But to pay my bills, I got back into personal training. And I ended up at a sports medicine facility as a physical therapy aide, like putting ice packs on people. And it was the most humbling, right? Because people would come in from where I worked and I'd be like, oh, here's an ice pack. And I like worked my way to being a junior agent. And a bad day for your ego is a great day for your soul. And I started waking up being like, wait a second, I fucking love helping you feel better. How did I get so far away from what I was always good at and always loved doing and waking up in the morning and being excited to see clients and work with clients and help them progress? So 27, I was lost, but found it again. What keeps you humble now? <laughs> uh, her team funny. is laughing oh, I know God. and when you describe oh, yourself God. as humble um oh yeah okay yeah um life kicks my ass on the regular and I think so much of my success like the fact that biggest loser was a hit show like the chances of that I didn't even appreciate it I didn't care I had a business I didn't know any better I didn't know the platform it could provide at that time um the chance of that being a success was like infinitesimal, tiny. And I took it for granted. Now we have so many failures day after day after day after day. Has there been a goal that 
you know, that you've set for yourself that you you didn't so many fail. Oh my God. Uh, that's a <laughs> so we we have a, a wine cellar, um not wine cellar, a wine cooler. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> like the fridge thing, yeah. right? Not the cave. Um <laughs> but there's a lot of bottles of wine in there. And I was moving them from one house to another. My little brother was helping me and he's twenty nine years old. And I was like, Greg, each and every one of these bottles represents one of my failures. Because I had bought each one for the day when, right? Mm. Like, oh, this is the day when I get invited to the Time 100 dinner. Never happened. <laughs> this is the day when I make it off of a fitness magazine cover and onto a lifestyle cover. Never happened. This is the day that I, like, I get an Emmy. Never happened. Like, every single fucking bottle. And, and you know, it was like, I don't know if you know this movie because it's before your time. It's called Sideways. I love that. Oh, the wine movie. And he, yeah. like, finally yeah. takes the bottle of wine that he's waited for the perfect moment to drink, right? And the wine is peaking. The wine is like dunzo. The moment has come and gone and goes to like a fast food restaurant. And like my brother and I just started popping bottles. Like, <laughs> just like we were having like we were having $500 bottles of wine with organic chili dogs. Oh, like, and, and it's just like because I was I realized that like these things sometimes don't happen and yeah. that's OK. Um, it's just so many, so many things. Valentine's Day is coming up and I would really like a frame picture of myself. Um, okay. Well, I don't really know how to respond to that. You should get a framed picture of your dog, Medi. Oh, yeah. That is the true love of your life. It is. And we don't have any really good framed ones, but I have a lot on my phone, which means that FrameBridge would probably come in handy. Yes. They make it so easy to custom frame your favorite things. You can take art prints and posters and send it to them or literally download your photos from Instagram and send it to them and they'll print them. And... It's just we can't recommend it enough. So go to framebridge.com, upload your photo or mail it in, choose your favorite frame style or get a recommendation from their design team, preview it online, and then they will custom frame it for you and deliver it. Their prices are great. They started $39 and shipping is free. Get started today. Go ahead. It takes just a few taps on your phone. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code SKIM to save an additional 15% off your first order. We'll say it again. Framebridge.com promo code SKIM. Have fun. So we talked a lot about how you self-motivate in your journey. You are now a businesswoman with yeah. teams and different properties and under your empire. I want to talk about how how you can motivate others and especially as managers. This yeah. has been um, for us like we the skim is our first time managing, um, mm. and I think our it's, it's really hard. hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's and, so hard. And I think we've there's definitely been a lot of points in time where we've struggled to make sure that every, we're bringing everyone along on the ride yeah. and that you're you're getting by in and everyone knows what you're working towards. Of course. How do you drive people to see your vision and to accomplish a goal? <sighs> well, the hard part here is you said your vision, right? Yeah. So knowing that it's your vision, it's like how do you get them passionate about your vision and that's where I think part of it goes wrong, right? Because so many are like, hey, man, I don't care. I'm just stamping my paycheck. And to get them beyond like, I don't give a shit. I'm sta- I'm like, I'm in, I'm out with the, with the, like, I come in at this time. I come in at that time. That's not in my job description. Uh, means you got to care what's going on in their lives for them to care about what's going on in yours because it is your vision. And even though it's like, well, I pay them. So what? Doesn't, I really have experienced it doesn't matter. It's like them coming in in the morning and knowing that their kid was sick and being like, how are you? Do you need to go back home? Or like checking in in the morning, like, do you need to stay in today? Like, how's your son? How, like, the, some of the greatest leaders 
I remember, um, and whether or not you like him is irrelevant, but like Bill Clinton, you meet the guy once, right? Three years down the road, he'll remember the name of your kid, your chihuahua, the fact that your chihuahua was getting dental surgery that day. Like, I don't know how he does it. I don't have the mental capacity for it, but he makes you feel important. And it's about making them feel important, knowing that they matter. So then they turn around and they show you the same respect, right? It's like, if you don't care about them in their lives, they're going to be like, well, I don't really care about you. And they'll do the bare minimum. And then also, you know, that empathy is critical, but leading by example. So I find hypocrisy to be a huge problem. I find it that way in parenting. And I find it that way in business. And if you expect them to grind on a Sunday, then get your ass to work on a Sunday and make it worth their while. Pay them fairly. Treat them well. Uh, and that, that won't always work. You know, we've had a lot of employees we've had to let go over the years, but we've had a, a lot of employees that have stayed and we've we've brought along the way. And um, and it's a mutually beneficial dynamic. So I think, you know, you lead with your heart. You lead by example. You try to be empathetic and you don't expect them to do anything you wouldn't do. And again, it's not to say I'm perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of mistakes. But that's what I found has worked best. And apologize when you screw up, because like you're gonna have. There was, I have a, a one of my senior VPs has been with me for like I don't know, Jesus, I don't know, eight nine years. She's awesome. Like the wheels go off the bus if she's not there. And we had a shoot for something, and I got the shot list and. It wasn't as in-depth as I needed to be because I moved pretty quick, right? So I'm like, is this, a, is, is this a story? Is this is this on a website? Is this going on YouTube? Is it 15 seconds? Is it five minutes? Like, I can't improvise. And I was just short and tired and stressed out. And I was like, I can't. If you don't know, then I'm not going to know either. And like, I literally had to write her back. Like, I was like, fuck. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. I am, I am spread real thin right now. I apologize. It's not an excuse. Thank you for for everything that you're doing for me. Like, you got to be able to do that, too. You know? Do you see similarities between how you are as a trainer or the on-air personality and how you are as a manager? Or are they totally different? They're totally different. Um, but that is because Biggest Loser, what was it to me and what was it to the viewer? Very different things. You know, for me, I'm actually doing this job, and the job was – a life or death intervention on a ticking clock. You know, I have an individual that's 500 pounds that could go home in a week. So the chances of reaching them are already slim to none, right? And you know that the reason they're eating is so deep. So the only hope that I had in reaching them, in my professional opinion, was number one, a rock bottom moment where they felt the pain of living the way they'd been living because if it was more painful to continue on instead of creating that kind of comfortable numb, if it's more painful to go on this way than the work and the fear associated with what you need to do to change, you got, you'll got you'll move, right? Hence the reason rock bottom leaves you nowhere else to go but up. It's so shitty and painful. It's the hope that it will transform you, you know? Second thing was I needed them to take ownership. And even though at various times in our lives we are victims, if we can't take responsibility for how we continue to play out those patterns, you're fundamentally disempowered to make changes. Third thing, I needed an accomplishment. Because the how-to of believing in your abilities, you can't believe in a reality you haven't experienced. They need an accomplishment. And it could be as simple as, I ran a half mile and never thought I could, or I did a push-up on my hands and feet and I never thought I could. What else is possible? Because it, it shatters that notion of, 
this is who I believe I am and these are the limitations to my capabilities, which is why fitness is transcendent. If you feel strong physically, it empowers you in other facets of your life. So that to me was very serious. I took it very seriously. How I would train your regular person, like, would never be like that. Um, and how I deal with my employees would never be like that because it isn't a life or death intervention on a ticking clock. It was a bizarre reality TV show format that someone created, you know, to make television and it, and it happened to work. But for me, I was like, fuck, I'm trying to save this person's life in a really screwed up scenario. So You are very good at speaking your mind and, and talking to you in less than a half hour. I'm already just like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen anyone so blunt. And it's like, it's so admirable to just see that you mm. don't hold back. There's also been controversy yeah. um, that of, of comments that you've made in the past. Sure. And lately, like you've really taken over my TMZ feed over oh the, my God. this keto yeah. stuff. Yeah, I know. Did you have a fight with Al Roker? Here's what's interesting about that. So, um, and th this is what's so disappointing is that for years I've done the Today Show. For years I've done segments with this guy. And I was always greeted with the kiddo, right? And the big hug and the house, the family. Now, this is my job to research diets. I'm not just a fitness trainer. I have three certifications. I do continuing education. I'm a certified nutritionist. I own a sports medicine facility. I'm a black belt. I've been doing it since I was 17. And I'm a hell of a long way from 17. I, I mean, I've written eight best-selling books. This is what I do. And I'm not making up these studies. These are medical studies that I reviewed with medical professionals and put in the book. It is my job to do so. It's not a religion. It's not like subjective. It's science and it's not personal. Andy Cohen, I mean, is just not a nice guy. And I've said that for many years. I had a really crappy experience with him on his show and I've said, like, this is not a nice dude. And and I kept it to myself. But, like, because I think I'm one of the only people that said your behavior is unacceptable, he's, like, constantly looking for, like, a way to pick at me. So this is a guy that said Savannah Guthrie was dumb for doing the keto diet. It's I mean, it's in you can watch it right now. And then subsequently turned around and called me a jackhole for doing saying don't do the keto diet. So really, you've got a guy that just likes to attack women, which is back to my point. So we can't even address keto there. He doesn't do keto. He doesn't believe in keto. He's just an asshole. And even though I've said don't call names like I mean, I don't even know what else to say anymore. Like that's like we're in the sandbox like children with this. So we'll table that. Al Roker is a guy that does keto and clearly has struggled with his weight his entire life, right? So whether he's having a surgery or he's doing keto, like this is an issue that has been ongoing for this man. He's clearly very emotionally attached to the issue. Um, I think the personal attack was disappointing, out of character, beneath him as a person because I think way more of him than that. And I've invited him. I'm like, listen, like why don't we act like adults and go toe-to-toe -to -toe on this issue and have a civilized debate. And I know he's like, there's science on both sides. And it's like, yes, you're looking at a piece of a huge puzzle. So guess what? We can get all the benefits with none of the other pieces of the puzzle that are negative pictures. And I, again, it's a diet. This is my job. It's In not like a personal In like 15 attack. seconds or less, for those who don't know, what is the keto diet? Keto diet is a diet that starves your body of carbohydrates, right, which is one of the three essential macronutrients, and puts your body in what is considered by endocrinologists a medical state of emergency called ketosis. So your body is looking for alternative sources of fuel, and this is why it will burn fat faster. It has a host of other side effects to it. Um, and that's right. So we're like, oh, isn't that awesome? But we're not looking at liver, thyroid, telomeres, 
<laughs> anti-aging macromolecules. We're so not in some, at the you're picture. not a big supporter of the keto diet. It's not me. I didn't write the right. studies. Like, yeah. like I don't make money advocating the Mediterranean diet. It, I didn't. I didn't create that either. It's just, just like two plus two equals four. One thing Carly and I obsess over all the time, but especially during the winter, is our skin. Especially because today you asked me if I had put any skin products on, and I thought that hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> so we are very into hydrating products and better skincare routines. And one of the things that we both are obsessed with lately is BioClarity. I really love their green skincare line, and they have the best face masks and uh, just really gentle skincare. So take the first step to healthier, more radiant skin. I think we can all get on board with that by going to BioClarity.com. And right now, just for Skin from the Couch listeners, when you purchase a skincare routine, you'll get a free clarifying mask with your order. That's a $25 value for free. But you need to enter the code SKIMM at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and use the code SKIM. That's SKIMM at checkout to get your free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine from Bioclarity. We're going to go okay. to our favorite segment. Yeah. Our lightning round. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's how it works. We're going to ask you questions. Rapid fire. you got to go as fast as you can. Okay. First question. What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? What did I want to be? I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> Can't sing, dance, or play an instrument, though, so it didn't work out for me. College major. Dropped out. First job. Uh, I worked at Brent's Deli as a cashier. Worst job. Working as a motion picture talent agent at a talent agency in Hollywood. Oh, no, no. An assistant to one and then becoming one was the second worst. Worst professional mistake you've made. Oh, fuck. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, okay. They were legal mistakes. Um, so, unfortunately, trusting people without doing the necessary due diligence and... Um, God, it's like, well, I have a lawyer and he does this. So I don't know anything about this. I'm intimidated. I'm not going to be involved has caused so many problems for me in my earlier career because people who are more savvy, you know, they lay traps for you in business. I'm sorry. It just, that is the way of the world. And if you don't really, really do your homework and go through those things with a fine tooth comb and make sure you understand every single page, you will pay for it. First phone call when you get good news. My mom. First phone call when you get bad news. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, changing it up a little bit just for you. Supplements, yay or nay? Oh, I'm huge on supplements. But but you got to understand there's like the good, the worthless, right? No, not one way or the other. And the like super crappy and bad for you. Intermittent fasting. Uh, okay, first, can I ask you, what do you think that means? When you like don't eat for periods of time and then you eat. Okay. So it doesn't mean eating 500 calories a day, five days a week though, or two days oh, a week. Oh, no, week. not that extreme. I guess I okay. hear it. I'm hearing it all the time. Like even right. at work meetings that like, oh, I eat at 11. I don't eat until 11 a.m. And then I stop eating at 7 p.m. That's actually really good. And uh, here's why. So as long as you don't confuse it with fasting slash starving slash not eating, right? So it's as long as it's, acknowledged as a period of the day where you are not consuming food, not calorie deprivation, 
which should only happen if you have weight to lose. When was the last time you negotiated for yourself? Fuck, every day. Um, God, all the time. I mean, even today I was looking over uh, a contract this morning. So, How do people know you're stressed? Oh, I'm very vocal about it. Is, is this my publicist? <laughs> do you know I'm stressed? Yeah. Oh, when you're stressed? Oh, yeah, I know I'm stressed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Finally, what's your shameless plug? I guess, I guess my app. Um, and I, I would simply say, like, try it for seven days if you don't think it's everything that I – it's basically I'm your personal trainer. I spent years developing this thing because I created every algorithm of, like, putting these workouts together, how moves modify and how they progress. Um, the meal plans, I wrote all of them with registered dietitians and chefs. If you Try it for seven days. If you don't like it, cancel it. It's a free trial. I would say my app. Okay. Jillian Michaels, thank you thank so much. You. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you follow The Skim, you know that we love our book recommendations and Skim Reads. Also, we have our very own book coming out soon. Don't forget, uh, go to theskim.com slash book to pre-order. But we also know that there are a lot of entrepreneurial books that we read in our time personally. And we know that these are books that some of the guests that we've had on our show love or have written themselves. And so we wanted to try something new and tell you about those types of books that we read. So this week, we are excited to feature one called Called the Messy Middle by Scott Belsky. It kind of fits with our conversation with Jillian. It's all about how startups can endure and succeed in the long term. And a lot of what Jillian talked about was longevity, whether that is making sure that you're getting enough sleep or setting goals. Definitely check it out. Scott is also someone that has helped us along the way, and we're so excited about this book. All right, that's it. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. 